Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. All right, welcome back, everyone, to a new episode of Agents of Mace. We are back with new content, finally. Um, it feels like it's forever now that they're uh, slowing things down, but we are going to be diving into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the potentially last movies. We don't really know. At least we know it's just the last from James Gunn, so he is back writing and directing this for I guess his you could call it his trilogy um even though we may have some uh, future specials sprinkled throughout the year but um yeah this was uh definitely a anticipated movie of the year so I guess we can go ahead and get in with our I guess what was the initial thought or reaction you had leaving the theater from this one Hmm. well um my initial thoughts were uh sadness and being very upset at James Gunn. Um, and not not to uh, say that that is related to the quality of the film. This is a very, very high-quality movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. However, it also made me sadder than any movie I have seen in recent memory. Yeah, that's a pretty, pretty spot-on statement. Um, <laughs> this one is big on the emotions, um, yeah, overall, like, uh, I, I did, I, so I left the theater definitely being satisfied. I'm very happy with how things were concluded. Sure. Um, I was hoping for a little bit more from this movie, not to say it's a bad movie. I think this one is really good, but there were some things that, um, I just kind of wanted more from, or there were some unexpected things and we'll get into those in a second, but, um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like the Guardians were something I wasn't very familiar with whenever the first movie launched. And uh, since then, I've really grown to love these characters. And so, yeah, it's going to be weird to see how it's going to play out in any future project. But um, yeah, overall, uh, very satisfied with how James Gunn kind of concluded with these characters. But um, yeah, there's there's some some things I'm very mixed on from the movie that we'll get into. Um, also, I saw this in 3D. Did you do the Did you do a 3D viewing or? 
Oh, no. It, uh, it was actually whenever we were looking at the different showings that popped up. I was talking to, to my husband, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, there's two different showings. One is at 7, and one is at 7.55, but the 7.55 is in 3D. And he goes, ugh. Um, and I was like, ugh, yeah. that's right. Ugh, I do not yeah. want to watch a 3D movie. I would have if he had wanted to, but since yeah. he joins me in my contempt for 3D, um, right, we right. did not. We watched there, it as movies are supposed to be seen, which is flat. Yeah. <laughs> there was a small window where I, where I was like all into the whole 3D viewings and kind of excited by them. And then that kind of wore off very quickly. But yeah, I was mm-hmm. kind of in a position where like I really wanted to see it and it was tough. I didn't know if I could wait another day and I was trying to figure out my schedule. And mm-hmm. the earliest showing I could get to was like on an XD screen, but it was like a 3D. So I was like, yeah, I guess I'll try this out. Um <laughs> And it was fine um, for for being for having a 3D option. I thought it was it was it was okay. Um, Perfectly serviceable. Yeah, um, I think there was like 20 of us in the theater for the 3D viewing. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I guess we'll kind of go through this. Um, I really, really, really loved the intro to this movie. The intro sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for me, everything that 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 was being done with like just the setup, just like it's all around the song because the intro we have is we're at nowhere and Rocket is just kind of listening to music, walking around, and we just kind of see the world around him of what everyone's doing. Mm-hmm. And just in that moment, like all the emotions that I was feeling, it's like why I want to be a filmmaker. It's like how I like, these are things that I want to be able to do is, is kind of put people in this kind of emotional state. And I guess in a way that this kind of like could connect to the holiday special because it's kind of like, you're going to see Groot how he is and you kind of see what everyone's doing and they're basically building their home base and, it's just kind of setting up that world with the characters that we know. Mm-hmm. And then this is where it goes right into something that was unexpected, but intriguing. And then I felt like we needed more on is we have rocket as he's kind of moving around. And then we finally get to a point where he finds uh, Peter and he is just drunk. He is just laying on a table, just, gone like in you know he's not himself you can see the bottles around him yeah it's not fun drunk no it's this is not drunk. this is a very sad drunk this sets up that tone and then i believe it was nebula that goes like oh man he's drunk again mm-hmm. so we know that it's like this trending thing that he's been doing and that's like all we really get of that well, That's I mean, one the, thing I wish they kind of went back to explore more of like, because we know that he's sad because Gamora is gone and, you know, he's still very much in love with Gamora and it's like the missing puzzle piece for him. Yeah. And they, they did touch on uh, Peter being uh, depressed like this back in the holiday special, too. Um, right. But yeah, I, I'm glad that they they did lean into that, at least at the beginning, that this is not something that he just instantly got over and, you know, started doing his spaceman mm-hmm. stuff immediately. Because like, that's that's really, really real. I mean, it's, it's a situation that literally can't occur where you lose somebody and then you have them again, but they're not really the same person. But mm-hmm. wouldn't that mess with your head? 
that's just, it's the sort of thing that I can imagine James Gunn being really interested in exploring. But like you said, that they might not have done that enough. I felt like it was fine for this movie. I thought that we got enough of it to kind of be like, okay, this is where Peter's at. And then seeing how the rest of the movie kind of grows from there. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. These are always interesting moments with characters because yeah, when they're, when they're hurting that much, you kind of want to uh, explore just a little bit more. <clears throat> so, and then right away, pretty much after this, we have our first new character show up, which is Adam Warlock. Mm-hmm. Just kind of blast in, and he's just kind of all over the place. <laughs> um, yeah, so th- this, of course, is like I think one of the bigger moments fans were wondering is because this was teased at the end of Volume 2 in the post credit scene. So, And this was also shown in the trailer, so this isn't a spoiler by any means. Like we know, We knew we were getting this new character. The question is probably like, how is this character going to show up and how is he going to be used throughout the movie? Uh, so what what are your thoughts on Adam Warlock? Okay, first of all, I want to be very clear. I do not know Adam Warlock from the comics. I have never read one that he even appeared in. However, this Adam Warlock, I love with my whole heart. <laughs> he is a, uh, first of all, crazy strong and terrifying in this first scene, but also a big, dumb, precious baby for the rest of the movie. And yeah. so I, there was so much after this initial scene, there's so much comic relief that comes from Adam. Um, and I, I think I've seen a few people online saying, this is not how he is in the comics. And they were somewhat disappointed in this uh, portrayal. I'm not disappointed in this portrayal. I loved this character. I thought he was great. I'm on the polar opposite. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm in the same way. Like I'm not very familiar with Adam Warlock in terms of like how he is within the comics and these stories. Um, I was, I'm a big fan of Will uh, Poulter. So I am all for him being cast. And I think with whatever he was given and with the costume design and everything, I think all of that was done great. This just again, felt like this character where like, could we have had this movie without him? You know, this is like, I guess in a sense, if you look at like uh, Wakanda forever, this is like the Riri Williams case, right? We've got these new characters that you're trying to figure out how they're really going to fit in and play out. And basically what we have is um, we, you hit it spot on. He's like an underdeveloped superhero. So he was in this chamber and, part of what the high uh, evolutionary was doing was he wanted to make this perfect being and decided to just bring him out of the chamber early, (laughs) expecting it to be okay. And you get this very comic relief, whimsical sense from him later on of like, yeah, he doesn't really know what he should be doing or who he is and his purpose and things. And that's kind of what we see with this character is he just kind of pops in and out throughout the movie. There's no real... I never really got a, a good rhythm with him because, you know, his his initial mission was get Rocket. Like, that's why he shows up to nowhere to get Rocket. And this is what kind of leads into the rest of the story. And then he just kind of pops in and out. And it's really just for, like, the action sequences. Uh, and those are all fun. But to me, it was just, uh, it wasn't enough. Like, this is one of those things, like, 
it just felt like here's just another character that's just adding too much to the story already. Um, because we get a lot more characters. This one is, this is a movie that is overloaded with new characters. So it's, you got to figure out the screen time for, for all of these. But um, yeah, so the, and this is another kind of interesting thing is like, it seems like it's like rocket's been kind of, I guess, hiding or running away from the high evolutionary. So it's, it just, it seemed weird to like, why now is he like just now finding him and getting to this point? Like we could have, this is a character I wish could have been sprinkled in more throughout the, the rest of the films, the guardian Mm -hmm. films, because he's very Thanos like he's very cruel. He's very evil, very smart. He seems like he could have been a much bigger deal than what we got here. Um, but this is kind of the setup that we get is rocket gets damaged and we already kind of know, like he's kind of like robotic in a way. And essentially what happens is something inside of him is triggered to where he's going to die. And basically that's kind of the story that we get to is now the guardians have to save rocket. So they got to figure out like, how do we get these missing things that we need? That's going to, um, basically allow us to remove this, uh, bomb inside of him or this trigger that's gonna kill him mm-hmm. yeah and the whole time we keep getting flashbacks to rocket's past uh, mm-hmm. as he was essentially an experiment and this is where uh the bulk not the entirety but the bulk of the intense sadness that this movie mm-hmm. made me experience came from because it is really really horrific i even saw oh, yeah. um I saw, I think this week, Peter released a statement saying that this is one of the most like pro animal rights movies that they had seen in a long time. Right. And it truly is. I I had to run home to my puppies after this movie was over because I was feeling very, very bad for the animals in the movie. Oh, um, yeah. And we get to meet some of the uh, other experiments besides Rocket, his uh, friends, Ly- uh, Lila, Teeps, and Floor, <laughs> who are... As soon as I saw them, I was like, oh, gosh, heck, this movie's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> because I knew nothing good could happen to these, and I immediately loved them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Um, I feel like these so are going to be, like, the big Christmas toys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't <laughs> Floor know with her do. little spider robot legs. <laughs> I mean, because in a way, it's almost like Toy Story-esque, right? It is. From it's super Sid, Sid Toy story but yes. yeah, if uh, if you're just generally someone who has pets or loves animals, like this could be triggering because this Super guy triggering. is very cruel when it comes to essentially everyone, everything, but specifically animals. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is kind of when we learn about the high evolutionary and kind of who he is in a way. And like I said earlier, he's very Thanos-like, like they're both trying to bring some sort of balance and um in this way high evolutionary just believes that he doesn't like the world as it is he doesn't like the people as they are um he wants to basically create his own world create his own beings that are in his mind absolutely perfect yeah. and um, some of the uh, cultures that he's created or some of the peoples basically consider him god mm-hmm. they say that in the movie mm-hmm 
and this is like where some a lot of the issues. I think it it there's the one particular thing that that I disliked the most. It was the villain that we received. I just for me, I wasn't too impressed with him for what it for. I guess a lot of it, I thought he was a bit too whiny. <laughs> He's very like very dependent on his creations and it's, he's expecting them to do everything. And he just kind of wants to float around and basically boss them around. And if things don't go his way, I just don't like how he approached things. <laughs> I kind of left this movie kind of comparing him to like Robotnik from Sonic because like they're the same way. I mean, they create things because they want things to be perfect and they feel like they can do that. But like Robotnik was just one, like if something didn't go how he wanted it to, then he would step in. And I just didn't really see that from the high evolutionary of stepping in and being like a real big threat. Um, Maybe so. I, I felt like he was a successful villain strictly because of how much I hated him. Like yeah. just a utterly despicable human being or not human being, but you know, whatever it is. Right. Um, I mean, he definitely nails that. Like mm-hmm. the acting for all of that, like he did such a phenomenal job. You, everyone should instantly hate this guy mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I just, it's just one, this is one of those cases where we had so much going on. It's just like the moments that we had with him, I wasn't overly uh, impressed with. Um, and this is one of those cases, like maybe on another watch, I could change my opinion on it. Um, but yeah, he just has this such tight connection with rocket because rocket is very different than anything else that he's created. And we get this moment where the high evolutionary is trying to like, create these other beings but it's not really going right and i think it's what was it, it was rage it's like he would take animals and turn them into like these human-like creatures but there would constantly just be rage like they would just be so angry and just violent and rocket was able to kind of take a look at the machines he was using and says and he was just like oh you need to do x y and z and then he does it and it works and then he's just basically at this point, he's just frustrated and stumped because he was like, how did you know this? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know this. And I'm supposed to be like the smartest person in the universe. And this is the point where it just gets like crazy and tense and sad. And he just wants to do more experiments on Rocket. And he's like, nope, I'm out of here. I got to get out of here. Yeah. I mean, technically he wants Rocket's brain. And yeah. does not care if Rocket is attached to it anymore. Yeah. He just wants to, uh, yep, exactly. He's mm-hmm. like, I need his brain. I need to figure out like what it is that he has that no nothing else that I've created has and then mass reproduce it. Yeah. But he does, uh, and this is just, you know, movieing. but he tells him he's going to do the uh, procedure in the morning instead of right then. So gives Rocket time to go back to his mm-hmm. cage and... Uh, you know, cause a scene basically. Right. So a little bit of a, a suspension of disbelief because why would he put that off? If he's mm-hmm. got rocket right there, why would he not just do the procedure? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we'll get, we'll get more into some moments with them. Um, mm-hmm. but we can circle back to the guardians because, um, 
we we're basically at a point where they need to get uh it's almost like a file basically there's like a, a missing file when they're trying to basically connect to the technology in rocket because they need something in order to access what they need to like dis like detrigger this um mechanism in them and uh-huh. so we we go to this really bizarre planet and um this I don't know some so much of this these moments were funny like the whole like trying to figure out how to get in and the color suits and it's like you know he's trying to communicate I guess we need many to circle back first because we do get to see Gamora first but mm-hmm. um so in order to get to this planet they have to meet with the Ravengers and they discover that the person leading the Ravengers is Gamora but it's not the Gamora that we know. Yeah, it's the alternate Gamora that's from the other timeline. Um, And it was kind of surprising that she was with the Ravagers, but maybe Mm -hmm. it shouldn't have been. Um, Because we do uh, we do see in the movie that she's very comfortable with them. She feels like she's doing great things. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was really I was really impressed with how differently Zoe Saldana plays Gamora in this movie versus how she played her in the other ones. And Again, it totally tracked. It made perfect mm-hmm. sense for Gamora to be the way that she is in this movie based on um, this version of hers past. Um, mm-hmm. So that was great. Like, very, very well done. Yeah, I wonder from, like, like her perspective of, of re, you know, coming back to this character, if there was any challenges, if, like, she wanted to do very specific things from what she was used to versus this whole new style of Gamora that we get slightly different look and everything, but, uh, still meshed well with, with the guardians. And, uh, you know, essentially we have throughout this of Peter just trying to say like, look, we loved each other. Like, (laughs) you know, we need to get back together. (laughs) And it's just this constant back and forth. And we get a lot more moments with, with Nebula. Nebula's really kind of this character that's taken a shift, um, and finding like her purpose and what she wants to do. And um, it's just the, the, the banter we get between the three of them, I thought was great. Yeah, it really was. And um, I always have to remind myself that it's Karen Gillan playing her. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> because it's such a different character than anything else she's ever been. And of course, like many people, my first introduction to her was in Doctor Who where uh, she played Amy Pond, where she is, first of all, Scottish, and second of all, not a robot. Right. Um, and again, just totally different personality and character character type. But she does a great job as Nebula. It's funny how uh, this character, who is so kind of cold and often aloof, mm-hmm. has won the hearts of everyone who has seen these movies. Oh, Definitely. And it works too, because like I thought, you know, this is how like Nebula and Rocket connect because they were essentially experiments. They were mm-hmm. tortured their whole life, and they've gotten away from that. And so they're trying to, uh, you know, kind of make their own path and and do what's right, which is great. Because yeah, you're going from these people that were basically evil to, you know, protecting the universe. Mm-hmm. 
But we get a lot of fun moments. I can't remember that. What was the name of this planet? It was. Oh, I can't remember, but it's like a, it's like a organ planet. It's like yeah, made out of like a, biological matter. So everything is super squishy and gross. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like if they need to access something, they're basically sticking their hand like through yeah. the wall. It's really uh, like, yeah. Gross, um, James Gunn. <laughs> but we do, uh, we do get a pretty fun cameo from Nathan Fillion, who has yeah. been in the other movies, but he's always been a voice cgi Mm -hmm. character and this one we get to see his actual face i was like ah (laughs) yeah um i i i'm a i'm a fan of nathan fillion so like i was glad to to see him in this and uh yeah essentially we have the guardians that are getting into this planet and they're trying to uh disguise themselves to be like you know workers there and uh quickly gets to this point where you know, Nathan Fillion's character is kind of leading these these guards and finds them. And uh, they put all their clothes <laughs> in this bin that basically empties out into space. So, like, it's, it's just like kind of this mishap after mishap after mishap that's just kind of not working in the Guardian's favor. Um, and then, like, the whole moment with uh, this other new character where Peter's just, like, trying to serenade her <laughs> to get, like... <laughs> what they need and it's just uh it's i don't know a lot of the stuff was just so funny and fun to watch and it's all literally to get like one thing i mean it's uh-huh. like if you play a video game like you totally kind of get this it's just like a little side mission like well you know we want to help this person we got to go get this thing and get back to them and uh-huh. you know it's kind of like their first mini boss fight of fighting nathan Fillion and all these guards <laughs> Yeah, and the worst part is the thing that they get winds up not being the thing that they need. It just mm-hmm. leads them to the thing that they need. That would make oh, me yeah. so mad. I would quit. I would just be like, yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> After yeah. all that, having to go to a gross body planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, um, didn't I don't think we mentioned this is a long movie. This this Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. 
Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is a two and a half two hour Two and a half time. hours, yeah. Um, oh. So you get a lot of these kind of little side mission quests that feels like just to get to the end goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we get through that and then the Guardians do end up going to... Um, it's like another version of Earth. I'm trying to remember what he called it. It's like... As a, uh, hang on. I know this. I know this. I remember it from the movie. <laughs> uh, it starts with a C? It does. I just can't remember. Counter-Earth? Counter-Earth. That's right. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um... So this, this was kind of fascinating. So this was uh, a lot of the intro moment is what you see in the trailers. They they'll, they get to counter Earth and it's really weird because it looks everything looks normal. But like all the beings there look like animals. Yeah. And they're my animals. Yeah. And um, they essentially they, they it's we have this communication issue, but they figure out like where the guardians are wanting to go, which is like the central, like this, this kind of mountain area. And that's where the high evolutionary is. And uh, we get like another first. And um, curious to your thoughts on this moment, because I, I kind of knew it going in, but I thought it still played off very well. But we do get an F-bomb actually dropped yeah. in this movie. So... <laughs> Like the guardians get here and they're having this, this weird issue with these people, but they end up getting into a house and they're trying to like, tell them like, Hey, this is, this is what we're trying to do. We, we need to find this thing. We need to find this person. Like, where do we go? And then we discover like, they actually like have cars. Like, I mean, this is very much like earth. It's not like Mm -hmm. you almost expect this to be like very, very futuristic, but it's like they have a standard junker car. Yeah, this was the suburbs outside Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they're getting like, you know, they're kind of like splitting up at this point on, um, you know, you need to stay with the ship. We're going to go get this. You need to do this. And then we get this moment where like Peter's in the car ready to go. Nebula just can't open the door and he's trying to explain it to her. And then we just it's like she finally figures it out. And then it's just like this pause. And it's like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> and he just looks at like he's just like open the effing door. Yeah, it, our theater had shrieks when he said that. Um, yeah. And I did I did have to look it up because I was like, was that the first F-bomb in yeah. the MCU proper? And mm-hmm. as far as I could tell, it was. Because uh, there have yeah. been some in uh, some of the <laughs> satellite Marvel mm-hmm. movies, uh, like the X-Men ones and uh-huh. Venom, I think. But nope, this is the only one that got that uh, one-off PG-13 <laughs> F-bomb. Yeah. Um, this, I would s- this this is like a hard PG thirteen movie. It is. Gosh. I mean this this like my kids are all into superheroes, but my kids are still super young, and this is one I just don't think I could let them watch anytime soon. Yeah, no, not Mayor City. Absolutely, it's, it's it's something else. And I and I've seen a lot of other creators that have you know preteen, you know, like the ten to twelve age, and they don't they're still very like I don't know if I can let them watch this. Yeah, I mean, there there were a ton of even, like, really gory shots. Not just, you yeah, know, gross yeah. or PG-13 violent, like, literally gory. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, one of which being, and this scene happened around this time in the movie where, uh, they're questioning someone, uh, the high priestess and Adam Warlock are questioning someone and she asks him to, uh, like make the guy listen. And Adam Warlock just absolutely incinerates him, Mm -hmm. uh, which, okay, this is one of the scenes that made me really sad <laughs> because the guy had his little pet thing with him and the pet mm-hmm. thing was so sad. And I was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. why would this movie do this to this thing? And so for the rest of the movie, perhaps ironically, Adam Warlock is taking care of this <laughs> little right. creature. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I want to keep it. Yeah. <laughs> Which that does not... That doesn't make it all the way okay, Adam. It's right. not cool. You made that creature sad in the first place. So even though um, I even posted earlier this week on my Twitter, like, do we know what this is called? Do we know what we're calling this thing? And it's I uh, saw, yeah. Yeah, so far, no, no clear responses. Um, besides just a cute little boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe uh, yeah. we need to tag James Gunn. Maybe he can... Uh... <laughs> And we'll we'll get into some other things here in a second because James Gunn has gone through and, and clarified some things that were big questions mm-hmm. among audiences. Um, yes, yes, yes. But uh, but oh my goodness, yeah, the curse word scene. I loved it. I thought it was well executed. I told like I totally get it because it's just like <laughs> he's just like so frustrated. Um, <laughs> so I can I could relate to that. Um, so we're basically getting to the point where they're getting to um, to where the Guardians will, will finally meet the High Evolutionary. Adam Warlock's going to show up again. Um, we get one of the coolest fight scenes with like Groot and Peter because uh, they get to this point and they have to like hand over their weapons and Peter's just kind of like handing stuff to Groot and he's like giving him the wink like, hey, you know what to do. And so he's basically <laughs> just like hiding them inside of him. Um and so we're getting some pretty big fight scenes. Uh, yeah, the P- the Peter and Groot one was pretty awesome. Um, Groot, we haven't really talked much about Groot. So, you know, we're getting a version of Groot that we see in the holiday special where he's like, it's almost like he's a kid again, but he's like really big and bulky, but his yeah. head's like almost too small. Like for the body. Yeah, he's he's doing that that phase. I'm guessing that yeah. the model is maybe like a kid on the football team. Yeah. Where the right. rest of his body is too big for his head. Um, but we do get some really cool moments, uh, specifically towards like the end of the film within like the, the extra credit scenes where you get to see some alternate variations of Groot, which are pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been cool to see more of like this. But even in this, like Groot does some things. He he's able to like extend his body in ways and change some stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is really fun. Um, but yeah, it's basically this constant battle where like we've got to get this thing so we can go save Rocket, um, and it's just like this all out action fight scene. So much stuff's going on. Basically, the planet's kind of like. Or like the thing that they're in is like a ship, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it's just like leaving this planet. Yeah, because the planet's being blown up because he decided he doesn't like his animals anymore. Right. He's just, yeah. Yeah, this is the way he is. He's just like, if he's, it's like if he's dissatisfied or bored with it, he'll just kill everything without thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Just to go make something again. This was... Just I don't know. Just it just shows you the kind of character this guy is. Um, and so, 
you know, throughout a lot of this, we, and like you mentioned, we do get these, these references, these flashbacks with, uh, rocket and, um, yeah, you'll see them kind of handled in a different way because there are moments where we get them when we're with rocket, which feel a lot like they're probably memories that he's thinking of as he's like going through what he's going through versus there's other times they're just kind of thrown in. That's more of like this narrative structure just to keep the story going and to explain things. Um, but we definitely get to like some of the sadder moments where Rocket's trying to get his friends out and, you know, they realize what's going on. The guards do whatever. And it becomes like this shootout where Rocket's the only one that kind of makes it, which is like, oh, it's so heartbreaking because we, we get to some other key moments here pretty soon. But um, yeah, essentially what we get this thing that they're in is now in in space um nowhere has kind of like arrived they're like connecting with with nowhere and we then realize like there's a bunch of kids children mm-hmm. that it, it kind of ends up being this rescue mission yeah and, and uh and uh, Drax has a big hand in that because he recalls whenever he was uh having to comfort his own daughter mm-hmm. uh and so he turns into like a superstar dad whenever they need him to be. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. So um, you could probably pick if you're listening to this, you can probably start picking up on the themes that we're kind of getting at that we'll kind of get to soon. But uh, definitely agree. Love the moments with Drax here because this is when he, he really would shine in the movie. Um, we do get um, this really awesome hallway fight scene as well. Um, that was one of my favorite moments of the movie is you get this like just really fun, like slow down in space, gravity, awesome music, just everyone's just stuck in a hallway and one group's going to make it out. (laughs) Um, that was really fun. Um, but yeah, so we do see the guardians are able to get these children to a point where they can get them or at least they're like connected to nowhere long enough where they can jump across. Um, but I'm trying to remember because I watched this a few days ago. Was this like whenever they're getting the people onto uh, nowhere, they have Cosmo bring the two oh, things right. together yeah. telepathically, but they say that it has to be airtight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. So, yeah, which is hard we're... for Cosmo, but yeah, we are in space. Um, and we, yeah, we haven't even talked about Cosmo yet. Cosmo. Gosh. Has a few big roles in this. Um, we see Cosmo. Uh, really, we see Cosmo like at the very beginning, and then more so in this scene at the end um, to use uh, the this telekinetic power. Just basically, they're yeah, like you said, they're airtighting to hold this these two together. Uh, since we are in space, um, and we get this moment uh, eventually where um, Peter just is like basically just diving for it. Mm-hmm. to make it and this is where a lot of the questions came in because he throughout this movie he doesn't have like his rocket boosters and he doesn't have his helmet and this is where like why didn't he just have these to use like in this moment because he's you know he's not really the half god anymore like he can't survive like he could you know that we saw earlier on mm-hmm. um 
And James Gunn came back and said, like, he does still have those, but uh, they were left because they had to basically leave nowhere so quickly mm-hmm. that he basically left them at his like his in his room in his drawer. So he said they do exist. They're around. It's just the way the story goes. They had to kind of rush out to save Rocket so fast that they couldn't grab things. Yeah. And also, we can't forget that Peter was drunk. True. Yes. Yes. He so was. he probably wasn't thinking clearly about the things he yeah. needed to do and get and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. He was basically carried out. <laughs> they carried him out. That's a big moment. Um, so th- this is just like, there's so much going on at this point in the movie because we're getting back to Rocket and this is when it gets like just super emotional because they're, they got what they need. They're connecting it but it's like not really working. And so we do get this, this moment where basically rockets dead. Mm-hmm. Um, he's finally meeting up with uh, his friends that he's been missing and ready to see again. And the whole, this whole moment, it reminds me of something else that I've watched like really to the T and I just can't remember what it's called. And eventually I'll figure it out and maybe we can do like a social post on it. But, um, it's essentially this moment where like they're very happy to see each other again finally, but but they just tell Rocket like it's not your time. Like you're not done. You need to go finish like living this life and we'll see each other again someday. And so it's just like this is where it's like you're getting pulled the heartstrings are getting pulled because it's like you don't know like is he gonna make it? What's gonna happen? Like how's this gonna affect everyone? Yeah. And then, um, but yeah, we get Rocket back, um, which is just like, I I thought like uh, Pratt's acting through this whole moment was just like so good. You're just like so engrossed in the screen with like how just sad he is and, you know, not. Yeah, I don't don't care what anybody says. Chris Pratt is a national treasure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Mm goodness yeah that this was like pretty big moment um and so yeah we're basically coming around to a point where now we have rocket finally getting to face the high evolutionary and um you earlier on we do get some moments with what happens with rocket and high evolutionary uh, in terms of like a little fight that they have but we kind of get to see the results of that where um you kind of see this change in the high evolutionary where he's very human like looking. And then he eventually looks a little bit more like robotic, like where his face is kind of like, looks like it's stretched over something. And then we finally kind of like see like why that is like what Mm. rocket actually did to him, which this like to your point earlier, this gets a little like on the, the body horror side things. Super nasty. I mean, don't get me wrong. He did deserve it. Yeah, he did. Um, It was real gross. (laughs) Um, And Gamora just took it off. She's just like... (laughs) Oh, yeah, it was like nothing. No one told her to do that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But she did it. Yeah. And then, like, uh, we also see this, like, throughout the kind of sprinkled in where no one seems to know, like, what kind of animal Rocket is. Mm -hmm. A lot of people call him these different things, but... You know, his last big, big moment is like, he says, like, my name is Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. He saw the little sign outside of the cage for the baby raccoons that said yep. what it 
was. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it makes sense that they don't know what a raccoon is because they're not from Earth. And <laughs> right. yeah, the only one who really knows is uh, is Peter, and he is frequently yeah. called Rocket a raccoon. Yeah. And yeah. Rocket gets mad because he says right. he's not one. Yeah. Um, but everybody else is just kind of like rabbit, badger, <laughs> hedgehog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very random stuff. Um, and and there's a lot of shining moments in this with Peter where like we get this these connections to Earth, but it's he's kind of weary on them because he's like, remember I was like kidnapped as a child, like like for example, like he didn't know how to drive a car, and that was like the other thing. He's like he's like. I would, no one taught me how to do this. I was not around <laughs> was, during that phase. Remember kid. that I was kidnapped when I was a kid. And, and he uh, uh, has a Zune player. That's one of my favorite yeah. jokes they've made in all three this, movies is that he gets the Zune player at the, the end player. of two. Oh, yeah. Which um, Mason is a Zune purist. He still thinks that it's the best <laughs> media player <laughs> that was one, ever released. I, I want to say my dad had one, but yeah, I, I never I never had one. Uh, I was like old school Walkman, like CD tapes. Uh, yes. And then eventually, like right out of high school, I was able to get like my first iPod. <laughs> Children with the portable CD players, if you hit a bump while you were in the school bus, it would yeah. skip your CD. Oh, yeah. Super um, frustrating. So we're finally at the point where, where we have everyone together. And this is where we get this, this really, to me, it was like very satisfying conclusion because we kind of know from the beginning and kind of, of how the characters are throughout this, that they're basically just tired. Like they're kind of all at different stages where it's like, do we really need to stay together and do this? Like, I kind of want to go figure myself out. Um, and we get to this point where it's just, everyone's decide like kind of making this decision like I need to go either be by myself and do my own thing for a while um or I want to stay and continue being a guardian mm-hmm. and we see like this big moment with Peter because he knows that he still has living relatives on earth and he hasn't been to earth in forever mm-hmm. so he's heading back to earth um uh Drax is basically going to be a dad He's mm-hmm. kind of wants to be <laughs> to his 400 new babies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have Mantis with these new like creatures. Some interesting pets. Yeah. Very interesting pets. Just kind of going to go out and do her thing. Because she's never done her thing. She's she always done has, yeah, uh, yeah, either Ego's thing or the Guardian's exactly, thing. Yeah. She's, she was so wrapped up like I was always under e- someone's control. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be under my own control. And you know, Nebula's kind of found her place is like, I want to stay here and build out nowhere and kind of do this. And um, I'm glad Rocket and Groot stayed together. That would have been something mm-hmm. if they would have like split up. But um, yes, you know, they're kind of, you know, you could almost look at them as like the Han and Chewie. Like they've always been kind of like these bounty hunter esque people. Like we'll just kind of do like, not really the best things, <laughs> but now it feels like they're kind of doing that. Um, we do get a moment with Groot um, where he's we can hear what he's saying. Yeah. Which was like pretty awesome, I thought. Um, yeah. And James Gunn did specify it's because we as the audience have now grown close enough to Groot that we can understand him like can, the Guardians do. Yeah. It's not that he's he hasn't learned words. <laughs> 
We understand his words. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, and then we also have um, we have Sean Gunn's character, which uh, was it Craglin, right? Craglin, yeah. You know, it was so mean to Cosmo. <laughs> yeah, very. Oh yeah, bad dog. Yeah, he calls yeah. her a bad dog, and she spends the whole movie just trying to get him right. to admit that she's yeah. a good dog. So we get a lot of we get a lot of things going on there. He's also trying to figure out the whistle, like with the um, the little arrow. He hasn't quite yeah. figured out how to master that. So that then that's kind of like the beef between him and Cosmo is because they've got this little challenge of like who can do it better, like which is like is is like this whistle technology better than like your superpower basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that was really fun. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's that's essentially what we get is we get this kind of goodbye, but not really goodbye potentially because um, the guardians that we know are kind of split up at this point and, mm-hmm. and that's that. So we kind of get, we do get a couple of uh, extra credits where we do see where Rocket's basically training this new group of guardians. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where we get like uh, this new version of Groot that we see. That's huge. That's huge. Um, <laughs> Which leads yeah. me to wonder, like, was the OG Groot, was he also still growing? Because he was not nearly as big as this Groot. I know. I know. Um, which is crazy. Um and then, sorry, I, I'm kind of getting wrapped on time. I'm going to have to go. Um, okay. Well, that's okay. Uh, we, we'll just tie a little bow on this real quick. But, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of wrap this up. Um, <laughs> and then we get this this moment with uh, with uh, Peter and his granddad. And this was like another mm-hmm. moment where we kind of connect to the holiday special. Yeah, granddad's uh, reading a paper about Kevin Bacon Kim, getting kidnapped by aliens. <laughs> yeah, and he was just like, I don't want to know. <laughs> Well, and also, like, why would they be surprised? This is after Avengers. They know that there are aliens. Right. So, right. what's the deal? So, that's Guardians. That's it. <laughs> that's the Guardians. Yeah. Um, and then it ends with the Star-Lord will return, which is really fascinating. Yeah. How? How? Why? What? How? Without James Gunn? How? Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, I'm sure they can find something to use him for, but... Yeah. And I'm interested to see. I'm not saying that it's going to be terrible or anything. I just, I'm waiting to find out. I feel like in a way we kind of know, and this this is kind of, this this we could probably make a whole other episode around this, but it's like we, we know where Marvel's MCU is wanting to take things, which is going to be Secret Wars. So it's kind of expected we'll have so many characters coming back for that. Um, so mm-hmm. I feel like that's where Star-Lord's going to come back, and that will probably be like the last thing. But it could be through more specials that they do, or, I, yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious if, like, Sean Gunn has done any directing, if he would maybe want to take over and kind of direct a Guardians movie. Maybe so. I don't know. Perhaps. <laughs> so yeah, and then and then again, in the end, you also get a couple more moments with uh, with Adam Warlock as well. Um, he's basically new- joined the Guardians. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. He's he's still like this little kid that needs to be trained. <laughs> um, so 
yeah, I mean, it's it's a very fun movie. Um, I'm probably just that much of a nitpicky person that there's things that I just didn't vibe with. Um, and we can go into that stuff later. I won't I won't deep dive into it because there's there's some <laughs> other things that um, I missed on. But uh, but yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Go see it if you haven't. And if you haven't, why are you listening to this? We just spoiled the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, would love to know uh, what was your favorite Guardians movie. Maybe who's your favorite character with all these characters that we have? Uh, who's one that you've connected with the most? Um, Drew will chime in if we have any kind of question <laughs> for the week. But um, yeah, I'm so glad we got some new content out. And um Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back again, continuing on with Jessica Jones, and we'll kind of lead up to Daredevil. And we got the Marvels coming out later this year, so a lot more stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.